we've got another podcast to shout out about, haven't we? Yes. Hit me with your shout out. Yes. So we have been listening to a fantastic podcast called The Constant. And if you like silly history and silly science, it's a great podcast that you really should check out. It's all about the science and history of things that have gone wrong or been believed that are wrong. And it is really, really good. It's presented by a guy called Mark, who is brilliant. They cover really awesome topics. Uh, There's a couple of things that we've crossed over on in the past. So they've done... Uh, barnacle geese and the vegetable lamb of tartary which we covered in a previous episode as well it it really is i'm thoroughly enjoying it i've been listening through and there's a new episode out so do go and check it out Uh, i've got a little promo to play right now boom in 1922 hutchinson minnesota had a problem or i guess two interrelated problems For the adults of Hutchinson, the problem was the teenagers. They kept sneaking off at night to empty barns, where they'd, brace yourself, dance. Who knew what sort of sin and heavy petting in French literature these barn dances might lead to? No, the adults of Hutchinson, Minnesota, did not approve. And neither, it seemed, did the devil. One summer night, Satan himself suddenly appeared in the middle of the dance floor in a cloud of fire and smoke, and the debauched teens ran in fear. He showed up at the next dance, too, and the one after that. In fact, for a few months, it seemed like you couldn't go to a late-night barn dance in Hutchinson, Minnesota, without getting chased out by the devil, pitchfork in tow, flames licking from his lips. Until one night in September, when a 14-year-old boy had the good sense to shoot him in the chest. At which point the devil was revealed, Scooby-Doo style, but bloodier, to be the local Methodist minister, dressed in a costume, decked in electric lights, and flown in from the roof by rope and pulley. This is The Constant, a history of getting things wrong. I'm Mark Chrysler. Every episode, we look at the sometimes comical, sometimes tragical, and always fascinating ways people mess things up. Like why people used to believe birds wintered on the moon, or how a disgraced 18th century Austrian hypnotist gave birth to everything wrong with American politics, or what led the Royal Air Force to parachute cats into Borneo. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, or you you know where to find podcasts. You're listening to one right now. Thanks. So that is The Constant Podcast. It is really good fun. I can thoroughly recommend it. If you like us, you'll like it. And it is available on all good podcasting platforms. Yeah. Go check I've it out. I've downloaded a few episodes I'm going to listen to tomorrow as well. Very, very good. You know, cock jokes don't write themselves, Sam. You know, I've, <laughs> I, I've got to take some serious time in a quiet office to write some cock jokes for this podcast. And the other thing is, rude sources don't just walk up and knock on the door, do they? I've got to research these rude sources. <laughs> I've got a mental image now of you in your little zen garden you know you get those little japanese zen gardens where you have to kind yes. of like comb the sand i've got a yeah. picture of you just very zenly drawing dick and balls in the sand <laughs> for inspiration mm, yeah 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 absolutely <laughs> that's what i do uh, and uh, people just don't th- people think this podcast is all fun and games i take it very seriously finding these silly sources piss profits that was quite hard i had to dig hard for those piss profits <laughs> my best friend at school on the subject of piss profits, I and I remember this after we did that episode. My best friend at school's mum was a GP and had an engraving in their downstairs loo of some piss profits smelling wee. Excellent, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some overlooking you, manuscript. You, yeah, mm. so you could uh, you could be looked at by the piss profits whilst actually having a wee. That's a fantastic idea. 
That is a really good idea. I think I want that in my yeah, downstairs I'll, loo. I'll track it down. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we not putting a product out there, Sam? That's a very good question. What would our product be? Turds through the ages. And it'd be oh, a poster. Do you know what we could do? Do you know what we should do? We should do a calendar of uh, rude doodles in the side of school textbooks. <laughs> Hello and welcome to That Was Genius. Yes, we're the history podcast in which Tom, who's the man currently looking for a doodle of a penis, and Sam, the man sitting here in his pyjamas, discuss history topics on a theme each week. The topic Can't is decided find it. the week in advance, but everything else is a surprise. And the topic this week is... Silly Laws. It is ancient silly laws, yes. Which we've kind of touched on the law a little bit before, I think, in a previous episode. But this week we're specifically doing silly laws, which was an audience suggestion. Speaking of your comments and uh, and questions and and ting, we thought we'd do something for the holidays to say thank you to our audience. And there's only one thing we know how to do, and that's to talk about ourselves at great length. So we're going to do a question and answer (laughs) session. My favourite topic, myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're going to do a question and answer session around Christmas. So... Yeah, ask us anything you want and we will answer all of your questions. We we can't give good answers to all your questions, but we'll give answers to all your questions. They can be about us. They can be about completely esoteric issues. They can be about history. It can be literally anything you want. We will try Just and give politics. you an answer. Just try not to be can, too political. You can ask about politics, but we won't necessarily give you an honest and forthright answer. <laughs> no, yeah, we'll, we'll, be, we'll give you a very fence-city answer because we try and avoid politics in this podcast, don't we? It gets a bit boring otherwise. It does um, get a bit boring otherwise. Yeah, yeah, no, that would be interesting. I think that would be good. Yeah, so please do send us your questions on your medium of choice, whether that's uh, comments on a podcasting app, whether it's on social media, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Just search for That Was Genius. And yes, we will answer all your questions at some point near Christmas. People know what you look like now as well, don't they, Sam? So there's there's less of an aura of mystery about you, whereas me, I'm very mysterious still. People don't know what I look like. Which is probably a good thing. <laughs> People don't know what I've looked like when I've showered. <laughs> no, that's true. That's, that's still true. a mystery. Or when you've got trousers on it by the canal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because we now do every weekday, I do a fact of the day, which I do whilst I'm walking back from the gym. So I'm usually wearing the same blue hoodie. I do occasionally change clothes. But yes, fact Not of the day. Not by the canal, was... you don't, though, do you? You wait until you're home. <laughs> wait until I'm home or there's an innocent passerby. <laughs> Yes. Uh, I'm going to do a couple of honourable mentions as well. I've got some honourable mentions as well, so I'm hoping I don't piss on your bonfire, you know? Rain on your parade. I don't think you're going to shit on my Christmas, no. (laughs) Shit on your Christmas. (laughs) Ah, you don't know that for sure though, do you? Um, Yeah, I've got some honourable mentions. We know that silly laws are funny, don't we? Everyone knows that silly laws are funny. They're fairly common. We've heard a lot of them. Everyone's heard a lot of them. However, I think it's fairly well known also that many of these silly laws are quite spurious or of rather dubious credibility. So, by that I mean they're often urban myths or they're taken out of context and exaggerated to make them seem very silly when actually in context they're reasonably sensible. Nonetheless, you and I have both got some honourable mentions, haven't we, of some quickfire silly stupid laws that hopefully will satiate our audience's desire <laughs> for some, yep. some straight-off-the-bat silliness. All right, how many of these are going to be ones that you were hoping to record next week? Let's, let's find out. <laughs> okay, here's a good one. Since the Dano-Swedish War of 1657-1658... It's been legal for a Dane 
to club a Swedish person over the head with a stick if they walk across the frozen Orizon Strait between the two countries. And this is because during the war of 1657-58, a Swedish army surprised the Danes by marching across the frozen water. So there you are. Any Danish listeners, you are allowed to bash a Swedish person over the head with a club if they try and walk across the frozen straits of Orisund. Here's the thing, like, laws tend to be made up because there's been a problem and there's been an issue that needs addressing. So it was the issue that (laughs) they saw the army coming and thought, oh no, there's an army coming. God, if only we were legally allowed to batter them with clubs, that'd be (laughs) fine. But there's nothing we can do. (laughs) We've consulted the law book. (laughs) Very bureaucratic, the Danes. (laughs) Yep. And all we're allowed to do in relation to foreign frozen water invasions is write a strongly worded letter. That's very English, isn't it? Yeah, you'd, you'd hope that the Danes showed a little bit more initiative and just said, look, we, we, can, take, we, can, we can take the law into our own hands here and just fight them off. Um, I think it was because the Danes were expecting the Swedes to arrive by boat. And then when the Straits froze over, which I don't think is that common an occurrence, everyone just got surprised. Uh, so anyway... <laughs> Here's another good one. In the state of Victoria, in Australia, you can't fly a kite if it is annoying someone. So um, (laughs) if you've got a really, really grumpy neighbour, you're stuffed. Presumably, if everyone's happy with your kite, it's all good. Bit of a strange law. Here's another one. Since 1971 in Minnesota, it's been illegal to chase a greased up pig. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. George the First of England made it illegal for any common animal to shag any royal animal. I think he got fed up of his purebred dogs being shagged by strays, potentially. Another Australian one. In Western Australia, apparently it's illegal to crush a beer can between your breasts. Ah. Which I think is quite unfortunate because I imagine for Australians that's that's really their pretty bag. much everything they've ever wanted. That's their mating <laughs> that's, as far as I know, that's their mating call. Yeah, I think I can't think. I think Australians think that is the the bee's knees. I don't think anything gets better than that. Um, <laughs> or the beer's tits. Yeah, Kylie Minogue crushing a beer between her tits. Ooh. Oh, it's even worked for you. There you go. So, <laughs> so I've got a, I've got Australian family. It's in the blood. Oh, is that right? And here's a final interesting fact that I stumbled across in my research: the term daylight robbery. I don't know whether that translates too well to other countries. It's certainly a common phrase in the United Kingdom, isn't it? Daylight robbery. Mm. Trying to rip someone off. In plain and sight. That, yes, that, exactly. That um, apparently derives from the 1669 window tax in Britain, where you were taxed on how many windows you had in your home. Daylight robbery, robbing daylight. Yes. There you go. On the subject of that, in King Alfred the Great's law book, if you're burgled at night it's legal to kill the burglar. If you're burgled in the daytime, it's not. <laughs> ah. But again, go. sounds silly, but it's fairly sensible, isn't it? It's more threatening at night time. Potentially, Unfortunately, yes. that's that sort of grey area, isn't there? Literally, grey <laughs> <Yes>. area. <laughs> Dusk area. <laughs> Draw the curtains and you're fine. Yeah. I've got two honourable mentions in terms of silly laws that really exist, both, uh, both from the UK... The first is the Polish Potato Law, or the Polish Potato Order of 2004. And there's a sensible reason behind this law. There was a potato blight in Poland, which they were worried would come to the UK. But the wording of the law is quite funny. Uh, The Polish Potatoes Order 2004 states, It is illegal for someone to import into England potatoes, which he knows or has reasonable cause to suspect 
to be Polish. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Which is one of those laws that in years to come will be listed in silly laws. (laughs) What are the telltale signs of a potato being Polish? It's been turned into vodka. Is vodka Polish? Was it Russian? Yeah, I don't Polish know. Polish vodka, yeah. Zbrovka, I think it's called. Another amusingly worded law is the Salmon Act of 1986. So no, I did come across fre- that one. Yeah, yeah, really quite frequent law, which contains the provision making it illegal to handle salmon in suspicious circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> so don't awkwardly fondle a salmon, kids. <laughs> Motto for life. So, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Right, Tom, do you want to go first? I can't be asked to flip anything. You go for it. You tell no, your story for the Sam, week. Sam, you are a hooligan sometimes. We have, there's a reason why societies have these procedures and traditions. Uh, they're, they're the glue that binds society. We can't just dismiss the toss like a, <laughs> a dirty, wet wankerchief, can we? Right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what have we got? Uh, something legal that we can flip. Ah, I've got my will. Right, let's Oh, flip wow, my will. okay. There we go. The will of me and my wife. Right, I will flip my will. Who gets your collection of 90s TV memorabilia? <laughs> <laughs> that top of the list, yep, that's the most important <laughs> yeah. thing. We'll give this away as an audience giveaway in the, in the event of your untimely death. <laughs> oh, thanks. I, I appreciate your care. <laughs> front or back? I will have the front. All right, and um, how about the will? <laughs> hey. <laughs> right, flip. Okay, it's landed... <laughs> That is a hefty will. How much shit have you got? Well, we're very, very wealthy, Sam. Uh, <laughs> it just it just landed on my uh, on my keyboard. Sorry, it, it landed top side up. So it's your call. Oh, right. I I will let you go first, Tom. Excellent. Good stuff. Right. <clears throat> so I'm going to talk about this week trials by ordeal. Good. Which were very popular during the Middle Ages when people were particularly violent and stupid. But trials by ordeal go back a long, long way, as far back as the Code of Hanurabi, um, 1700 years BC, which is one of the earliest deciphered texts. I think it's the second earliest law code. Yeah, very, very old. And And I think this because it's sort of what I'm talking about today. The oldest one, is that the Code of Onamu? Yes, it is. There you go. That's also got um, a trial by ordeal in that as well. A man accused of sorcery um, Mm. would be dunked in water. Yes. So trials by ordeal, very old, but I'm sort of focusing a wee bit more on the Middle Ages, medieval period. Middle-aged people love a trial by ordeal, don't they? They do indeed. The number of 30 or 40-year-olds who decide they want to do an Iron Man. (laughs) um, Or or just listen to this podcast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> this is a trial yep. by audio. <laughs> Certainly um, is, yes. for, both, for both the audience and ourselves. Got to feel God still hasn't forgiven me yet for my sins. I must have been really bad in a past life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lucky you're not Buddhist. What will you get reincarnated as? <laughs> <laughs> a fart. <laughs> St- Starkey. <laughs> St- <laughs> Some other TV historian cursed to repeat this for the rest of my uh, rest of eternity. Anyway. Trials by ordeal. Essentially, someone accused of a crime was put through a horrible ordeal, and if they survived the ordeal, it was seen as a miracle of God that this individual had had their soul saved by a God who was interested in intervening in that person's life. God didn't want that person to be punished for something they didn't do. Which makes total sense, right, until you (laughs) read the Old Testament. Until you realise that God is a bit of a cunt, who in the Old Testament (laughs) does things like kill all of Job's family to test his piety in a bet with Satan, which is which is totally cool. 
or there is the story of Jephthah. I like, I like this. When you break down that story, God is the one demanding murder and Satan is the one who says, no, he won't murder his family because <laughs> he's he too won't. much he's of a not dick. That violent. He's too much of a yeah. dick to murder his family, said Satan. Yeah. <laughs> There's a bit, of, a bit of role reversal there between the Old Testament and the New Testament, isn't there? <laughs> Yeah, if, if Satan isn't so sure about something, it's, it's a fairly good sign it's not a nice thing to do, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Satan's usually, it will be jumping at it, usually. And there's also the example of, of Jephthah, who agreed to sacrifice the first thing that met him when he returned home from a successful military campaign that he attributed to praying to God. This ended up being his daughter. So he ended up having to sacrifice his daughter to God. And God didn't intervene. He just said, yeah, you know, you're a pious lad, aren't you? Good on you. Good on you for sacrificing your daughter. To heaven you go. Yeah, well done. Your what daughter, however... <laughs> straight to she, hell. <laughs> straight to hell, the bitch. Um, yeah, yeah. The thing is, what actually happened here is the first thing you saw was the loyal family dog and couldn't bring himself to do it, so he just closed his eyes until he heard his daughter <laughs> and opened them. I was oh, like, oh, it's you. thank Christ for that. She's just turned 17 and she is a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> this would have been a far more difficult decision if I'd had a son. <laughs> That is not a sexist remark. That is or just related to looking for that matter. <laughs> <laughs> that is. See, I was making a reference to the historical value of sons over daughters. You were being a dick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so let's look at some specific types of trial boy ordeal. Let's start with ordeal by fire. Now, there's a good example of this. In fact, there's a number of good examples of this. There's a chap called Peter Bartholomew, who during the First Crusade supposedly discovered the relic of the Holy Lance. Am I allowed um, to do my Lance Armstrong joke again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I was setting you up for. Should we just let <laughs> listeners know? Should we just... <laughs> Right. So what you're going to hear now, listeners, is from me is a copied and pasted remark, because what actually happened is that uh, Tom's recording stopped 40 minutes into this podcast recording after he'd been talking for 20 minutes. So we've had to restart. So up until this point, everything you've heard is kind of is original and re-recorded. But I made a very inappropriate comment about Lance Armstrong that was definitely funny the first time round. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And unfortunately is lost. The yes. annals of history. <laughs> Indeed. Let's try again. Hang on. Okay. I'll, I'll set you up. <clears throat> so, there is the story of Peter Bartholomew, a saintly chap from the First Crusade, who thought he'd discovered the relic of the Holy Lance. <laughs> is that just a, a chest with a needle and one testicle in it? <laughs> <laughs> That's actually better than it was the first time. I know, isn't it? <laughs> um, and what happened the first time is I, I, went, I then went on to criticise Sam, because he actually just started straight at the bollock. The first time round, he went straight for the bollock. And for someone like Lance Armstrong, who was a bit of a twat, and you can actually attack Lance Armstrong on many fronts, the loss of his testicle wasn't his fault. <laughs> In no, fairness which... to Lance Armstrong, he didn't bring a, he didn't bring testicular cancer upon himself. No, but my original point was they're never a, they're, the relics are never something impressive. It's always a bit of someone's rib or someone's toe bone, like Saint Augustus's <laughs> rib, for example. For example, is is found in seventy different churches across Christendom. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> just a just a man made of ribs. It was frankly a miracle that he managed to survive. <laughs> <laughs> Big old barrel chested Saint Bartholomew, Saint Augustus, built like a rowboat. He was, it was just <laughs> he had a pe- and he could row that rowboat because he had a pair of lungs. <laughs> yeah, he must have done, or or twelve, given how many ribs he managed to find and put in various churches around. <laughs> 
often used on feast days as a xylophone by the local <laughs> band. <laughs> Never seen a man yes. with ribs on his cast before. But they're just they're fucking everywhere on that man. <laughs> uh, so yes, my reference to Lance Armstrong's testicle was not a reference to testicular. Well, it was, but it was mostly a reference to the <laughs> fact that the bits of people you find in these holy relics are never the good bits. No, no, no. like Jesus's toes or <laughs> <laughs> St Paul's lovely shapely glutes. Yes, the... <laughs> imagine that. St Paul's ass. <laughs> Pickled for eternity. Um, Gen- you know, genuinely, some of these relics are foreskins. There are quite a few holy foreskins dotted around churches. Oh, a bit and bracelets. What? What are they being used as? Uh, catapults, <laughs> pinging the sacraments at people. Bing! <laughs> Bing! Bing! I just... No, they were pouring, using... pouring the wine out of St Augustus's cock. No, <laughs> Tom. No, no, no. <laughs> They were used as the, they were used as the skin on a kick drum by the church mice band. <laughs> the tiny little drum kit. <laughs> oh dear God! Uh, totally stupid. Yes. So um, Peter Bartholomew. That's where we were, wasn't it? A good example. Yes. So Peter Bartholomew found the relic of the Holy Lance. I think that, I didn't read too much of this. I think the story is people weren't sure that he was truthful about this and thought he might have been lying and it wasn't actually the holy lance what? and he said no it most definitely oh yeah no and people said no it definitely was the holy lance that poked jesus in the ribs when he was um <laughs> when he was on the cross and um so many ribs in ancient christianity <laughs> Uh, and so he said, no, it genuinely is. And to prove it, I will go through ordeal by fire. And he ended up actually dying in this ordeal by fire. So ordeals by fire were situations where the accused would be made to either walk a certain distance on something hot or holding something hot. And if they got to the end with minimal injuries, and more importantly, if after two or three days, the injuries were um, healing themselves nicely, they were declared innocent. If the um, the wounds became fetid and repulsive and rotten, then it was God's way of saying that person was guilty. And they'd be obviously. killed. <laughs> and they would be given some horrible punishment. Talking of horrible punishments, here's another good example. A chap called Girolamo Savonarola. Uh-huh. First edit didn't, wasn't quite <laughs> as smooth as that, was it? Uh, second time round, I nailed that. He was a Florentine friar. Say it friar. again, say it again. Girolamo Savonarola. Girolamo Savonarola. Girolamo that definitely does Savonarola. sound like a Soviet gymnast. Does it sound like a Soviet gymnast, is it? Yeah. So... <laughs> So this chap attempted to prove that his slightly bonkers divine messages um, were real by walking through fire. And an event was staged in the central square of Florence. The, the square was crammed with spectators on the day of the event in 1498. Savonarola was very nervous and couldn't bring himself to start the trial. So it started. It was, it was delayed slightly. Unsurprisingly. No, unsurprisingly, no. I think many of us would empathise with that. But worse, because he delayed, there ended up being a sudden rainstorm that put out all the fires which the bloodthirsty spectators read as a denunciation of the friar by God. You know, I don't want to speak for all Christians, but I think most Christians and most normal people would see a sudden miraculous rainstorm putting out the fires as being God's way of saying... I'm protecting you. You don't have to go through with this. Yes, but this is the Middle Ages, isn't it, Sam? Of course People it were is. People particularly stupid and violent. Aren't they? And <laughs> life must have been pretty dull because it, in the Middle Ages, there doesn't seem to be anything more enjoyable 
than going and watching someone die horribly. It seems to be the best, almost like going to watch a World Cup final. It just seems to be one of the best things of the year. <laughs> As opposed to watching England die horribly, yes. <laughs> yes, in, in a Rugby World Cup final, yes. Um, so, um, yeah, one of the, that was quite, a, quite an anticlimax for an England rugby fan. So Savonarola and a few other friars were then tortured, hung and set on fire. So quite a night of entertainment for the locals there. So. Yes, absolutely. The matinee show were more than made up for the disappointing sporting spectacle. <laughs> yes, a real a fa- an event for all the family. Indeed, yes. <laughs> I hope they did family tickets for this. Yeah, you go for a meal beforehand. You know, yep. you could get free drinks at the bar if you get a special a cheeky pizza express, <laughs> VIP tickets. <laughs> <laughs> special access you could poke the body afterwards Hang on. vip ticket to the pizza express prince andrew <laughs> is that you <laughs> well he was very close to the fire but he wasn't sweating profusely because he was very <laughs> yeah, yeah. peculiar very peculiar <laughs> condition after the falklands war yes. when he couldn't sweat oh is that right prince andrew is that right god's found you innocent <laughs> <laughs> innocent of having any brain well <laughs> yeah. done prince andrew You've been, well done you, for listening to your advisors. Yes, you've been found innocent by God's representative on earth, which, as an Anglican, happens to be your mum. <laughs> Is that going to make she... me cut this time, Sam? Because we've done yeah. a few Prince Andrew jokes that you've deemed too libelous. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> this one's going to be fine. Oh, dear. It was also quite common for ordeal by fire to be made harder for people with a track record of crime. Or they were just in a situation, actually, where they didn't have anyone to advocate for them. I.e. they would have to walk further over hot coals or they would have a heavier rod, a burning hot rod to carry. And this is linked to something... Sorry. (laughs) Go on. No, not, not someone called Rodney, if that's where you were going. They haven't, they haven't got to carry <laughs> no, a really sex, you, a sexy you, Rodney. <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield. Ooh, just, Rodney just drapes himself over the fry and goes, carry me, bitch. <laughs> I said, how do you make this trial Ooh. harder? Do you have Car- people I'm a hot <laughs> rod. Just made to carry a really hot casserole across hot coals whilst your mother-in-law looks <laughs> disapprovingly at you. <laughs> and you try and... Try, try and pretend your hands aren't burning. Yeah. Um, no, nothing to see here. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, this is why I refuse to use oven gloves. It's not that hot. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't show weakness. Don't show weakness. God is watching. God is I judging. I didn't realise it was a pork casserole, Sam. What a lovely meal you've cooked for us. It's actually vegetarian. That's my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, so this idea of making something easier or harder is linked to something called compurgation, the idea that someone can prove themselves innocent by basically getting a certain number of people to um, advocate for them, to claim, or basically to write them a reference, which is common in many parts of the world today, as far as I'm aware, in the form of Sharia law. And O.J. Simpson. And and O.J. Simpson. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Excellent. Uh, Yeah. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> still good still good 30 years later isn't it <laughs> still good if ye gauntlet fits ye must oh, that's acquit. a great scene isn't it 
Do you know that before that? Have you seen? Um, there's a great documentary that's on Netflix. Maybe I haven't seen it. Netflix. I keep on meaning to see it. I haven't seen it. Oh, we've actually we've discussed fantastic. it on this podcast before. Thirty episodes later, we're discussing it again, and I've still not got around to watching OJ. Really, really good. The the, the the famous scene where he puts the glove on and it doesn't fit. OJ Simpson at the time and probably still does had arthritic hands, and so he deliberately didn't take his arthritis medicine in the days leading up to that to make his hand swell so the glove wouldn't fit because we all know he did it. <laughs> no hang on now hang on now i think the exact quote from oj is or the title of his book is i didn't do it but if i did here's how yes what a what a strange individual. and he comes across in that documentary as an absolute cockwomble really unpleasant person psychopathic well you kind of have to be wouldn't you to murder someone sorry if i did it is the title yeah 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 um another one ordeal by water I mentioned the code of Hanurubi and uh, the code of Urnamu um, earlier on. <laughs> the code of Hanurabi, sorry, and the even older code of Urnamu. <laughs> Urnamu. They both have examples of ordeal by water. So it's been, ordeal by water has been around for a very long time. Uh, very popular with witch hunts of the late medieval period. So ordeals by water became unpopular in the middle Middle Ages. They were popular at the start of the Middle Ages and they had a bit of a renaissance at the end of the Middle Ages, which is an unfortunate use of the <laughs> yes, culturally insignificant term renaissance. It's uh, it's nice to bring the old traditions back, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Yes, yes. Um, a rebirth of stupidity. So the witch example, if the witch drowns in the yep. ordeal by water, she is innocent. If she is a floater, she's a witch. Burner at the stake. Simple. Easy. <laughs> Hang on. This is very much the opposite, isn't it, of trial by fire? Because in trial by fire, if you don't die, you're innocent, and if you die, you're guilty. Trial by water, it flip sides. If, if you're listening to this Old Testament God, make your mind up. If you're listening, if you're listening to it, they, please leave us alone. We did. Yeah. Sorry, I apologise. Don't do anything to my children. Uh, I know you're a bit of a git. Um, walk on by yes I'm, I'm sure there are in fact I'm confident there are rather a lot of inconsistencies in this Sam it is generally rather silly now it does sound very stupid and this is a very well known one isn't it the ordeal by water has been mm. incredibly stupid because obviously if they drown well they die they're, they're damned if they do damned if they don't yeah. but apparently it's not quite that simple see because the accused would often be would be tied to a rope and could be pulled out when they were on the verge of drowning. So they weren't actually allowed to die. It was just whether or not they sunk or floated. Ah. So actually, if Much you were smart sensible. about this, you could just exhale and sink, and then you'd be fine. The only way you're actually Precisely. fucked in this situation is if you're fat. <laughs> if you're, if you're boy. If you're fat, you're also a witch. <laughs> you tubby old hag. If you're fat and you've got incredibly big lungs, poor old St. Augustus. <laughs> yeah, really I know. <laughs> useless, wouldn't he? Big inhalation of air and he's floating off like a Zeppelin. <laughs> Good standard chance. Uh, so uh, much more sensible and well thought through than, and, than we might originally think. And here's an Anglo-Saxon example that I pinched from the BBC website. A chap called Aylwald was accused by his neighbour Falk of theft and Aylwald was thrown into a pond bound up and he floated unfortunately so naturally his eyes were gouged out and his genitals were mutilated which seems fair doesn't it what what have you been trying to steal where they thought that it was fine to gouge out your eyes and cut off your balls (laughs) pair of spectacles and a condom i don't know (laughs) yeah that sounds that sounds about right stealing glances from nearby ladies 
Yes, yes. <laughs> Looking at their tits. <laughs> there are also hot water ordeals, which are slightly different. And this is where you, you have run a, a bath slightly too hot to be comfortable. <laughs> and you have to sit there and and to make it harder, if you haven't got any friends to stand up for you, the towel is placed on a slippery tile floor just out of reach. <laughs> too much bubble bath as well, so you can't yep. see what you're doing when you're trying to wash yourself. Bringeth and the then... holy bath bomb, <laughs> for it is Jesus' lavender soak. We've all been in that situation, haven't we, where you try, you, you don't know what to do, do you? Because your towel's out of reach, you've got a slippery floor. Do you take one step to try and minimise the amount of water on the floor and risk pulling a groin muscle when you, <laughs> when you do the splits? Or do you take multiple little steps and cover everything in water? What do you do? It is truly a challenge that only the most pious can pass. <laughs> So this this hot water ordeal, you'd be a container of water, not a bath, don't be silly, and you'd have to put your (laughs) hand in the hot water and pick something out, like a ring or a stone, and again, a few days later, your arm was assessed by a priest to see how burnt it was, whether it was recovering or whether it had gone fetid and rancid, in which case you were found guilty. Same with the ordeal by fire. If your wounds were fetid and rancid three days later, then you were guilty. If they were recovering nicely, you were found to be innocent. I mean, we've all had a bath where we've got into it and immediately you put your foot in and the skin just melts off your foot because you've forgotten to run the cold water. (laughs) And you you, you still keep your foot there and you still think, "Mm, I can acclimatise this. Give it a few seconds, it might be fine. Ah. And and if you do, if you do try and get in there, you know, when you get to bollock level, because you're usually doing a bit of a tricep dip on the sides of the bath, aren't you? Yeah. Just lowering yourself in, and then you get to anus and bollock level simultaneously. Usually, that can be quite a negotiation, can't it? Oh, maybe yeah. a bit of a flannel. Maybe just fold up a flannel and put it under your under- undercarriage, just to soften the blow. I just Hammock. drop an ice cube in. I drop a solitary ice cube. What in your ass or in the bath? <laughs> Either or. Either or. Do a handstand, to flick it up, and catch it in my bum. Um, <laughs> Stick a popsicle right up my bum. <laughs> Working my way up to a magnum. Just one Cornetto. <laughs> Stick it up me. <laughs> to cool my bath down with ice cream. <laughs> the soothing milk on my rim will help me deal with the bath I'm in. <laughs> Very nice. Good work. Excellent. Sold. I'm going to go and buy some Cornettos. Hot <laughs> oh, water ordeals. Now, there are other other types of ordeal. Ordeals by fire and water are the most common. There's also ordeal by presence. And by presence, Ooh. I mean being present as opposed to gifts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that awkward moment when <laughs> your significant other unwraps your attempt at sexy underwear. <laughs> yeah, that's all deal by presents. Christmas shopping, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Sweating profusely in a, in, a, in a lingerie shop when you're deciding which one. Just don't do it. Yeah. Do, number one, don't try and buy your, your wife slash girlfriend underwear. And number two, certainly don't try and don't buy your panic. husband slash boyfriend sexy underwear. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say crotchless underwear, and now I'm imagining you in crotchless underwear. Can you, Why are you imagining Sam. me in crotchless? I'm not well, your boyfriend you or husband. You your picture all over Facebook, don't you? Christ. What? 
Well, I've never posted a picture of me in crotchless underwear on Facebook. Saucily wandering along canal. <laughs> I mean, most of my underwear is crotchless, but that's just because it's very old. And I think now we understand why people keep questioning your shorts at the gym, Sam, don't we? <laughs> With your tackle dangling out yep. when you're doing... Got to squat deep. Seventh leg day on the row, <laughs> yeah. and it's 20 sets of walking lunges. Practicing to get out of the bathtub, practicing to reach that towel in one step. <laughs> Sumo squats over a girl's face <laughs> while she does crunches. <laughs> I was here first, in my defence. <laughs> and that's why we're both banned from gyms. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when we went to the gym at university, having had chilli... <laughs> having had breakfast, for breakfast, breakfast chilli nachos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we were both Ooh. really sick. That was unpleasant, wasn't it? Yeah. Didn't sit well in the stomach. (laughs) I was once at that gym at university, right? I was on the rowing machine doing the 20-metre challenge, trying to get to 5,000 metres. That's the benchmark. And I was getting into the last couple of minutes, really breathing hard, working hard. Next to me, there was a treadmill. Treadmill, when someone's running on a treadmill and you're on the rowing machine, their ass is about your head height. The chap on the treadmill did a really eggy fart. And I had about two minutes to go, and I was work- I was on track for a personal best. And and you got what that personal best because you managed to finish in thirty seconds. <laughs> Get this done with. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear, that was revolting. <laughs> it was a proper student fart as well. It's a proper. Oh no! I've had Haribo for breakfast, Haribo for lunch, <laughs> and Haribo for dinner. Breakfast fart. It really was revolting. I shared a room for two weeks on a on my tour of Syria, my archaeological tour of Syria, with a, a boy who ate Haribo for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Oh, um, yeah. Sharing a hotel room with him was a was an ordeal by fire. Let me tell you. Kids and grown-ups love it so. The happy world of farting Haribos. Yes. He also bought absolutely no clothes with him because he was worried that you wouldn't be able to get Haribo in Syria. So suitcase. It was... is, as it turns out, you can't buy Haribo in Syria. You can buy Syrian version of Haribo. and uh, But that, that's not the same. And so he bought no clothes with him, an entire suitcase full of Haribo. And the nutritional value of Haribo, it doesn't get much worse, does it? Nope. <laughs> Sugar. Sugar. Do, 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 right. do, do, do. Oh, honey, honey. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> carry on. Uh, uh, yeah, so ordeal by presents. No, no, it's not buying naughty knickers for your wife. Just don't do it. Never done it. I've never bought my wife, I've never bought my wife any present. <laughs> safe, safe, safe as ours is. Yep, safe bet. <laughs> so in this situation, you would be put in front of a corpse of someone that you're presumably accused of murdering, not just a random corpse. And you'd be asked often to touch that corpse. And if that corpse then did something odd, like bled or became erect or started doing a, a night fever, I don't know, you know, the YMCA. I was just about to say started dancing. <laughs> Foot started tapping. <laughs> then, the, then the shoulder. Shoulder and the foot. And then the other shoulder, the other foot. And then suddenly, bang, he's up on his feet. It's up and doing Thriller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or Gangnam style. <laughs> it's like, you are definitely guilty, mate. I've never seen a corpse do that before. You are stuffed. <laughs> so that was, yeah, that was ordeal by presence. So there are various other ordeals. I mean, this one ones. sounds was... very good. I quite like the idea of ordeal by presence. I would quite happily touch a dead body rather than have to walk over burning coals. Not if that dead body was... <laughs> Was working its way through night fever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to assume it wasn't. 
dropping on its knees and banging back up again like John Travolta. <laughs> Do you want to know a really horrible story, by the way? And this is a, genuinely, this is a gross story, yes. but it really happened to me. So <laughs> that's a brilliant story. Uh, and it's vaguely relevant. So I was in India filming a documentary, a TV documentary, many, many, many years ago. And we went to Varanasi, which is the big... Uh, it's a city that's very famous. Oh, yeah. It's the city of the dead. And it's where a lot I saw of the... a pig. I saw a stray pig shagging a stray dog in the streets of Varanasi. And that just about summed up India. <laughs> <laughs> wow. By the side of the road, in amongst <laughs> shit, debris, rubbish. They don't show you that on the brochures of Varanasi. They, they do not. It can be a... F- a filthy filthy city but it's where a lot of traditional Indian cremations and burials happen you get burnt at these things kind of mini docks called burning gats and they put your remains into the river and we were doing some filming at the burning gats and I was standing next to a cremation pile we had permission to do this so I was standing next to literally a a burning body (laughs) on a fire and bodies are full of gas Tom and what does heat do to gas (laughs) (laughs) So you you had a corpse next to you explode. Is yeah. this what we're saying? Yes, oh. I did. I got popped on by a burning corpse. <laughs> and it went all over my legs. I had human entrails <laughs> all over my fucking legs. <laughs> and not only that, it was scalding hot. <laughs> it had been in the oven for 20 minutes at 220 degrees. <laughs> it was like and- the contents of a Pop-Tart, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> All over your legs. Oddly enough, I think that's the last thing you'd eat. <laughs> a horrible story. And I've got no end of respect for the dead. And I didn't particularly want to be there and film it. No, you I'll haven't. You've just recorded this. <laughs> the real dead. The real dead I have respect for. So I wasn't particularly happy what, there to be... was that a dummy? Was it? Was that a sex doll that was being burnt? No, no, no. I was... No, it was it was horrible, and I felt very very guilty for being there and filming in the first place, and then very very angry that this corpse had popped on me. So I assumed that that was some form so of karma. Kicked, <laughs> kicked it off the gat into the sea, into the river. <laughs> Popping your corpse on me. <laughs> oh, you bastard! Oh dear! But they kept the, they kept like the a... bloody cameras rolling. <laughs> Just see me just wince. <laughs> oh, good lord. Anyway, trial by presence, not always that easy. <laughs> no, no. So there were other ordeals by things, like ordeals by cross, which is a bit boring, but two people would have to hold a big cross up at arm's length, and the first person to drop it was found to be the guilty one. And the one who held it for longest won the cross. <laughs> You're going to yeah, keep that? Yeah. Would be pretty depressing, wouldn't it, if you were you were jointly accused of stealing something with the mountain from Game of Thrones? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck. Hold on. Hold this is on. going this to end badly for, for me. Yeah. Hey, this is the world's strongest man. He does this day in day out. I occasionally go for a jog. This isn't fair. Yes, yeah, ordeal by cross. There's ordeals by poison in many cultures where you have you swallow a poison. But anyway. Um, Now, interestingly, these ordeals aren't actually as stupid as you might think. So there's evidence to suggest that actually not many of these ordeals ended in the person being found guilty. And why was that? Well, when someone is being accused of something, if they're guilty, they will be told this is your punishment if you accept guilt. The likelihood is that individual, if they know that they've got to hold a, a super hot rod, or be potentially drowned is going to say, oh, hands up. Yeah, I did steal that person's spectacles and condom. I'll take my eyes being pulled out. Thank you very much. 
rather than the risk of being killed. So what it would do is it would weed out people who were potentially guilty and those who were really innocent would be saying, well, I, I didn't do it. I will go through the ordeal because I know that God is, is going to help me. And what also happened here is the priests overlooked the whole thing. And it's fairly well known that priests would rig the results of these ordeals. So, yes. for example, if the if the Put a hand inside was... the corpse to make the mouth move. <laughs> you oh, did it! it. <laughs> no, the opposite way. The priest would, often, would usually <laughs> The priest would make to, sure to... the person was dead. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Clob it over the head with a stick. <laughs> <laughs> when it started moving, Shanna. <laughs> when his foot started tapping, shut it. <laughs> Sit on it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Night fever, night fever. <laughs> this is Harvey Dorian. Yeah, so they would they would rig the result in the favour of the person going through the ordeal. So often the pipe they were holding wouldn't be as hot as, as was made out. The water wouldn't be as deep or the water wouldn't be as hot when they have to put their hand in it. And there are quite a lot of cases where large groups of people had to go through some sort of ordeal and they were all found innocent. So they all managed to walk nine feet with a roasting hot rod. And it clearly was that the the priests hadn't heated the rod to the right temperature so yeah. because they thought they were all innocent. Roasting hot rod, by the way, is my favourite stripper name. <laughs> roasting hot rod. Do you think that's who they had to carry across hot coals? Roasting hot rod. Yeah. <laughs> In a big red G string. <laughs> he just, yeah, roasting hot oh, rod wow. does the trial. He just pulls off his top and then just skids on his knees across the coals. <laughs> <laughs> In his red G string. I, I imagine. And all of these priests like... are there going, woo, yeah, throwing their underwear at him. <laughs> I imagine he looks a little bit like Simply Red as well. <laughs> ginger dreadlocks. <laughs> roasting rod and Simply Red. Oh, now I've got an image of Mick Hucknall topless sliding across hot coals. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, ironically, it's what listening to his music is a little bit like, isn't it? <laughs> yes, uh, is a, that is an ordeal, yeah. Um, so there you have it, Sam. So those are Trials by Ordeal. Fantastic. Thank you very much for listening twice. <laughs> <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed it. In fact, I enjoyed it more the second time almost, knowing what was coming up. It's like knowing what the spoilers are to a film. Now, I truly will be falling asleep towards the end of yours because it's already 11 o'clock in the evening and I've got to be up at five. Oh, so. shit. Well, I'll try and keep this quick. Lies. Well, actually, for, do you know what? For the first time today, Tom, I have been lazy and done something that I actually studied at university. For the first time, my fucking degree in Middle Eastern history has come in handy. And you know full well I've done that about ten times so far on this podcast. Yes, I do. <laughs> I did try and find something I hadn't studied before first because I like finding out new things. Firstly, I was going to look at unnecessarily harsh penal codes through history and the one that jumped out to me and this is kind of a bit of an honorable mention is the aztec criminal law system which was really fucking harsh well they did some brutal things to themselves didn't they the royalty like yeah pulling barbed wire essentially barbed wire through their tongue yeah it was expected of the of the nobles of in aztec culture as far as i remember it was in mayan culture anyway crazy crazy brutal culture horrible horrible stuff and then what they had was they had a, they had a real bureaucracy they loved the criminal justice system so they had several layers of of courts and courts of appeals and they even had different grades of prisons from a special prison for death row inmates to debtors prisons they had prisons for minor crimes which actually were so awful in reality that most of the people who were thrown in there just died anyway from the terrible conditions but they had nice wallpaper <laughs> yeah yeah 
excellent decoration, terrible food. And the final form of prison for very minor crimes was that the judge would just draw a box on the ground, which you had to stand in and weren't allowed to leave until he said so, which I oh, quite liked. Did you have to count? Did you have to count to a hundred backwards? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and then you had to find the judge who'd gone and hidden somewhere around the courtroom, and you weren't <laughs> you <laughs> weren't allowed to, to leave until you'd spotted the until you found the judge <laughs> hiding under a I'm table, really giggling. Really sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do it. I'll eat my vegetables next time. <laughs> yep. Good. Good. Well, you remember that. We'll come on to that in a minute, disrespecting your parents, because the punishments were pretty awful at the Aztecs meted out. Things that would get you killed included moving a fence, causing a public disturbance, and moving being a drunk. fence. Moving is a that fence. A moving a barricade, or is that walking and insulting people? <laughs> <laughs> well, both, because uh, public, distur- <laughs> public disturbance was a capital Riding offense as well. Cyclists. So actually, both of them counted. <laughs> Well, you're not going to be driving past in the Aztec civilization. You pick the one civilization that didn't have wheels. <laughs> True. Or beasts of burden. Yes, sledging past. <laughs> so, yeah, being drunk whilst underage as well was a capital offence. You get killed for that. Being drunk wow. whilst old, absolutely fine. That was okay. And death sentences included hanging, stoning, drowning, beating, gutting whilst alive being burned alive, quartering and removing the heart whilst the person was still alive. So some really horrible ways to die. They did have a minimum age for criminal responsibility, which was usually 10 years old. So if you're 11 and you're drunk, then you're getting your heart cut out. However, parents of younger children could take their children to court if they were very slightly naughty, for example, by not eating their vegetables. And if found guilty, the court would order them to be whipped and have soldiers whip them. If they were really badly behaved and insulted or hit their parents, the court could and did have them executed for it. Wow. Good parenting. Do your homework, kids. Fuck's sake. Yeah. That's not very nice parents, is it? If you know that's that's a possible punishment. I mean, to be honest, taking your kids to court in the first place, (laughs) taking your nine-year-old to court. (laughs) Yeah. Put her up in front of Judge Judy. You lost control of that a number of years ago. Yeah. If you got to that stage. There's going to be some Daily Mail reader now who's listening to this going, sounds about bloody right. It's what we need. It's what society needs. Absolutely. Kids these days. Uh, So then I started looking at stupid legal claims and the sovereign citizen movement. I don't know if you've heard of this, but they're people usually only found in English-speaking countries who refuse to accept that the government's laws apply to them. And they have two arguments for this. The first is that the social contract between the government and a person is actually just a contract between the government and their birth certificate or their legal name so it doesn't actually count on their body and person and you can opt out of laws which is clearly bullshit um the second argument they they sound like wankers don't they really oh they are and there's millions of youtube videos of these really self-important smug bastards like being stopped for traffic offenses and saying i am a ship and i refuse to (laughs) yield to you I, i remember watching one and it was a state in it was one of the states in the US where you're allowed to carry a firearm. And these two guys with firearms, as a matter of principle, they're like, well, I am allowed to carry a firearm, decided to carry massive firearms into a police station. Yep. And unsurprisingly, the police officers draw their guns and tell them to get down on the floor. And they're like, Well, no, I'm legally allowed to. How about you stop being a twat? There are laws and then there are common sense, and occasionally the two collide. So the other reason why they always they, they, they make bizarre rants, there's always bizarre rants with these sovereign citizens or freedmen, and that's because they believe that because governments operate in a deficit, they are in fact bankrupt. And because they're bankrupt institutions, they come under 
admiralty or maritime law, which traditionally deals with things in trade disputes. And the result of this is that when they go into court, which they always do for something like a minor traffic ticket, they suddenly start spouting nautical bollocks. (laughs) Like calling judges admirals and calling all of the jurors passengers of the ship are you serious it's ridiculous to watch but they try and claim that because the government is bankrupt basically they're dealing with a bankrupt company and maritime law applies so they're dealt with under international trade rules and it's it's utter nonsense there isn't a single recorded case that's ever working so i was going to do this but it's been done to a death by other podcasts and youtube channels oh wow I, I, i haven't come across it i'm definitely researching that this weekend do go and fun. check it out because they're really funny. The uh, the only reason I didn't do it, apart from it being, it's been dealt with by a few others, is it's really difficult to describe because <laughs> the yeah the, the terms so that they peculiar. use are very complicated. Suffice to say, it's all bollocks. So instead, Tom, I'm doing a very ancient legal code, the Code of Nesilim or the Hittite Criminal Code. Oh, we now, like a bit of Hittites, don't we? We do. We oh, we love the Hittites. Yeah. Oh, uh, I do love the Hittite. I've been to the Hittite capital. Oh. Beautiful place, beautiful place. Had two fantastic hotels. There, have a good look around. Ended up being held in a police station, (laughs) surrounded by men with AK-47s. Oh, lovely. Pourquoi? What did you do? (laughs) It was during our second year at university. We arranged a study tour of Turkey, and we got to Hattusas, which is well off the beaten track in central Anatolia. Same time that I was in um, Syria, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it would have been. Yeah, and we. Woke up that morning in Hattusas, or Yazikaya, Yazikalaya, I think it's good. A taxi driver turned, saw, obviously, because we stood out like sore thumbs as Westerners, slowed down, said, hey, we'll, I'll give you a tour of all the sites, because they're all quite remote, they're quite spread apart, and um, I'll tell you a little bit about them. And so we were like, yeah, sounds good, so we jumped in. And at the first historical area that we visited, the police tapped on the window and pointed out to us that actually it's illegal for people to take tours. So um, it has what? to be a government-sanctioned tour, apparently. Oh. And so we all then, including the taxi driver, got dragged into what was basically like a militia, a local militia station where everyone was walking I mean, this is itself a stupid law. And got offered a cup of tea by the commander of that garrison, or whatever it Who was. Who then tried to sell you a carpet. And, um, <laughs> and got politely asked... Yeah, Turns out it was just a government ta- tourist tax shop. <laughs> and stupidly, in my naivety, I lied. I said... I said he asked me first and I said oh no we, we found out about this guy through our university and he was doing it for free and fuck me you look back at things you've done and I should have thrown him on the fire <laughs> <laughs> thrown him on the fire nope it was him we didn't know apologies sir take him <laughs> do what you like with him we are innocent uh, but we got away with it he let us go one of those sketchy moments where you could quite easily end up as a hostage in Syria yes <laughs> <laughs> Yep. <laughs> good times, good times. By the way, go to go to the middle of Turkey, everyone. It's fantastic. Uh, it, it, yeah, it, it, Cappadocia is interesting. It's good fun. So yeah, the, the Hittites, for, for those not in the know, were a huge empire in the 17th to the 12th century BC. And they stretched across most of modern Turkey and, and Anatolia, down into Syria and up into Georgia. That's the country, not the US state. That would be a very large empire. <laughs> now, the first civilizations were very much centred around the Middle East. It's where cities and city-states first grew up. So they were also the first people to really put pen to paper or you know, chisel to tablet when it came to the law. 
because they pretty quickly worked out that as you grew a large kingdom, the king couldn't be everywhere all the time to administer law himself. And so by writing these things down, he basically had a foolproof system of making sure that everyone was doing the same thing, being paid equally, getting the same punishments for being naughty. Be that buying a pair of shoes, learning a trade, murdering your in-laws, divorcing your other half or punching your slaves. Everyone's going to get the same treatment. <laughs> now... Yeah, and they were. They're really prescriptive, these things. So they had specific punishments for specific crimes. If X happens, then Y. And divorcing, punching slaves and knocking out teeth feature very, very heavily in all of these law codes, these ancient law codes. <laughs> um, some of them are pretty well known. You mentioned the Code of Hammurabi earlier, and I think that's actually taught in schools because it was often thought to be the oldest code of law until an even older one was discovered, as you said. Hammurabi's Code had a trial by water, where basically, if you were accused of murder, you'd be taken to the river and thrown in. If you drowned, you were guilty. The river god had been wrathful and was punishing you. If you survived by swimming to the shore, <laughs> your accuser was put to death. So you had to oh. really be sure that someone couldn't swim before you accused them of murder. Absolutely. So don't accuse Michael Phelps of murdering someone. Or indeed accuse American swimmers of rape because they'll get off scot-free. <laughs> that, that still <laughs> <Nice>. happens. It <laughs> still happens. By the standards of the time and the standards of a lot of these law codes, the Hittites were, they were pretty liberal. So their laws allowed slaves to own property. Slaves could marry without the consent of their masters. They could even set up their own businesses. PC gone mad, Sam. Political correctness gone mad, that. It is political correctness gone mad. If you can't own a man... And tell him who he can and can't marry. What can, what can you do, Tom? What, what can, can you, do? you do, sir? What freedoms are being encroached upon by this stupid liberal democracy? Bloody socialists, the Hittites. Bloody socialists. They even halved the fines for knocking out people's teeth. Did they? Yeah. They cut the fine right in half. I mean, it, it's just... It, you encourage just taking liberties, doesn't it? You can just walk out, you can knock the teeth out of any man you see in the street. They only cost you a penny. It's encouraging bad behaviour, isn't it? I don't know why, but knocking out teeth is a recurring theme in all of these ancient law codes. There's always a fine specifically for punching someone's teeth out. <laughs> Maybe it's um, because no dentures. So it's, it was a well, serious it's, it's, injury. You couldn't Well, eat. potentially, yeah. It's where the phrase an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth comes from. Is uh, yes. Particularly Hammurabi's law code is that you would get a fine, but you would also, if you put out someone's eye or knocked out someone's tooth, you'd have the same done to you. So the Hittites didn't knock out teeth and they didn't gouge out eyes. You just got a fine. Um, but the thing is with these ancient law codes and what makes them really fun and really interesting is that because they're so prescriptive, there is always a, a set crime with a set punishment. You can tell exactly what was going on at the time that people felt they needed laws against. So lots of murdering, lots of oh, fighting, yeah. lots of feuds and family issues and lots of knocking out teeth. <laughs> and, and according to the Code of Nesilim, the Hittites had some very specific problems. <laughs> Three sets of problems, in fact. And I'm going to read out some of the laws for you now, Tom. The rules fall into uh, the groups of random acts of brutality, family drama, and bestiality. <laughs> Ooh. Yes. So first off, we've got random acts of brutality, which is pretty simple, really. If you're involved in an argument with someone and you kill them, you owe their house a number of slaves in recompense, and including yourself. So the number depends on their social rank. So here's a couple of the laws. If anyone slay a man or woman in a quarrel... He shall bring this one, that's themselves. He shall also give four persons, either men or women, and shall let them go to his home. So if you kill someone, you basically become their slave and you have to give them some other slaves as well. Sounds legit. Yeah, I think that, that could that could be worse, actually. Yeah, it's not ridiculous. 
Yeah, and depending on your social status, you give different numbers of slaves. So if you're a, if you're a, yeah. a poorer person, you get less slaves in return for being murdered. Similar rules if you just beat someone up. Not very useful up. when you're dead, though, are they? Uh, no. Right, mate, that would have been, been useful before I died. You know, you know that part when I was living and I could have done with a slave? Or now, kind of. Well, maybe they're useful in the afterlife. Who knows? Maybe you have the slaves killed, too. But then you have to give some slaves back. and Oh, it gets very complicated. And then then it, it's just extrapolate, it extrapolates then, doesn't it? Then everyone's dead and slaves. There's similar rules if you just beat someone up. Uh, you have to pay their doctor's bills and you have to do their job for them until they recover enough to work themselves. Yes, I've heard of that one before. Which is a great law. Again, there's a simplicity there, isn't there, that makes a bit, quite a bit of sense. There's a beautiful logic to it, yeah. I mean, unless, if they happen to have something that's quite highly qualified, <laughs> like an architect... I was about to say, unless you're Rodan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you've just had your hand smashed. Yeah. And like, right, you've got to do his fucking sculptures for him. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we'll have a crack at this. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> yeah. A big knob. <laughs> cock, cock and balls. <laughs> and a stupid face. <laughs> hey, noses. Really hard to do noses, it turns out. Cool. I have to say, poor old tradesmen in this legal system do get a bit of a rough deal because if you're a normal person and you get murdered, your family gets some slaves. However, the law states, if anyone slay a merchant of Hattie, he shall give one and a half pounds of silver and he shall let it go to his home. So if you murder a merchant, it's just a fine. Right. You've been very naughty. A merchant of hats, was that? Uh, A Hattie. So that's a a merchant of the Hittite empire. Oh, okay. Not not someone who sells lots of hats. In fact, the fine for murdering a merchant is only twice the fine for knocking out someone's teeth. So they clearly didn't really like their merchants. That is interesting, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. But it does get a bit silly. Code 98 states, uh, this is more of the random act of brutality. If a man set a house ablaze, he shall rebuild the house again. And whatever is inside the house, be it a man, an ox, a sheep that perishes, nothing of these he need compensate. (laughs) Don't worry about what was in it, including the owners and residents and their family. Just rebuild the house. Don't worry about the family inside. Just leave them be. It's a nice ornament for the new owners. <laughs> the charred remains of the last owners. And this one's a bit horrible, actually. If anyone causes a woman to miscarry, if it be in the tenth month, he shall give ten half shekels of silver. If it's the fifth month, five. So punching a woman hard enough that she miscarries, or assaulting a woman so she miscarries, is less of a fine than knocking out teeth. Right. Also, uh, they have a slightly odd understanding of how pregnancy works if it's in the tenth month. I can only assume they have a slightly different calendar to us. <laughs> so yeah there's random act of brutality so now we come on to the sticky subject of family dramas oh and let me tell you tom the spanish telenovelas would have a field day with a hittite legal code although some of the storylines in their pornography must have been a little bit limited if a man and a woman come willingly as men and women and have intercourse there shall be no punishment so no punishment for normal have consensual sex between men and women yeah. homosexuality was illegal if a man have intercourse with his stepmother there shall be no punishment, except if the father is living, in which case the son Ooh. shall die. Ooh. Ah. Christ. So, Shake uh, your stepmom at the right moment. Absolutely, yeah. Wait until the funeral, at least. Yeah. Meanwhile, a similar law later on in the code states, if a man sleep with the wife of his brother whilst his brother is living, it's a capital crime. He shall die. If a man have taken a free woman, then have intercourse also with her daughter, it is a capital crime. He shall die. If he have taken her daughter, then have intercourse with the mother of her daughter or her sister, it is a capital crime. He shall die. So as you can see, pornography very rapidly becomes very limited. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah. Hittite culture. However, on the other hand, if a free man pick up some female slaves, now one, now another, there is no punishment for intercourse. If brothers sleep with a free woman together, one after the other, there is no punishment. If father and son sleep with a female slave or harlot together, or one after the other, there is no punishment. So there we go, oh, Tom. A, a classic evening of father-son bonding is completely fine. <laughs> Sharing a prostitute yeah. in a three-way. <laughs> Spit roasting a prostitute is good for society. Absolutely. It should be encouraged. What should we do today, son? Should we go and watch a public stoning? Or should we go and, <laughs> should we go and share go one prostitute a... between us? Oh, God, that's disgusting. Can you think it of is... anything worse? Oh, this is awful, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, divorce as well, absolutely fine. In case of a divorce, dad gets to keep all of the kids except one. So he gets to palm off his except least favourite son or daughter on the wife. Right, so that's the ugly one. Get yeah, rid of that one. You get stupid Kev. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, keep, I'll keep the doctor and the architect. You can keep the one who works in the chicken plucking factory. <laughs> anyway. You're always a disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> And there's a few strange laws around rape and things as well. If a woman gets raped in the mountains, it's a man's fault. But if she gets raped in her own home, it's her fault and she dies. There's some slightly strange and horrible ones. Makes sense. But yeah. the real fun, Tom, comes in the bestiality laws. <laughs> now, there are several laws surrounding bestiality in the Hittite Empire, which makes me think it must have been really quite common. Fairly commonplace. As a well, social issue. As you issue. said, most categories of Pornhub have just been deleted, haven't they? Yes. So there's not much to see online on Hittite Google. <laughs> you have to find your own fun, don't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What have you got to resort to? But animals. Yep. yep. And I have to say, some. while some animals are very much a no-go area, some, not so much. <laughs> some are fair game. Some are fair game. <laughs> oh, dear. So, rule number 187. If a man have intercourse with a cow, it is a capital crime and he shall die. Of course, that's <laughs> weird. I know, yes, it is, isn't it? They shall lead him to the king's hall, and the king may kill him or grant him his life, but he shall not approach the king. So I guess in this situation, there's a bit of an awkward conversation to be had with the king while standing at arm's length. Probably cow shit, doesn't he? Yeah. That's probably why the king doesn't want to be too close to him. So the king's... Oh, I just imagine what? the king going, so was it, was it a looker? Was this cow... What, what was it about this cow that you couldn't resist? Tell me, your king, how it came to be that you're standing in front of me right now, me sword in hand, you begging for life, having had sex with a cow. I've got to weigh up the pros and the cons here, OK? I want to know more about what happened. Yeah. Was Daisy winking at you, fluttering <laughs> eyelids? Was she giving you the come-hither moo? Yes. And what I'm picturing in my head is, you know, on the sitcoms, <laughs> you kind of you freeze frame with the guy standing there in the courthouse, and <laughs> kind of the voiceover says, "Yep, that's me in court for having sex with a cow." You're probably wondering how I came to be in this situation. Well, let me tell you, it's quite the story. <laughs> Flashback. So that's rule 187, and then a little way on, we come to rule 199, which really is a bit of a catch-all. I want you to pay particularly close attention to the last bit of this law song to see what gets lumped in with having sex with a variety of animals. Rule number 199. If anyone have intercourse with a pig or a dog, he shall die. If a man have intercourse with a horse or a mule, there is no punishment. <laughs> oh, nice legs. Come here the whinnies. <laughs> Look at the ears on that. But, but Tom, Something if you have sex with... A... <laughs> yeah. Gives a whole new meaning to barebacking? 
Oh, no. Yes. So, having intercourse with a horse or a mule, there is no punishment, but he shall not approach the king and shall not become a priest. Well, Tom, it's good to see that at least some religions have standards when it comes to these things. <laughs> so, what What is it that means... What, what's the difference between shagging a horse or a mule or a dog, pig or cow? I... I, I, can, I, I can't see the difference. I can't understand why one is totally acceptable and the other is very much unacceptable. I think it boils down to the amount of bravery involved. <laughs> oh, yes. God, yeah. Imagine a whole... Oh, Yeah. Like, if you, if you actually, If you manage to have sex with a mule, you must really be desperate, so you should probably be let off. Crikey. A kick from that. Risky. Danger sex. But yes, you're not allowed to be a priest if you've had sex with a horse, so good on you. Nice to have some moral standards. <laughs> and, this is part of the same law. The, the law gets weirder. If an ox spring upon a man for intercourse, the ox shall die. What? But the man shall not die. Instead, one sheep shall be fetched as a substitute for the man, and they shall kill it. <laughs> what? Yeah. So if an ox attempts to rape a man, they yep. kill the ox, give the man a sheep, and then they kill the sheep. Yeah, well, they either give the man a sheep and kill the sheep, or they give the ox a sheep to shag and then kill them both. I'm not. The law's not clear. Right. There's some ambiguity here. Because the ox, because the ox clearly needs to satisfy his urge first. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we can't possibly let this ox go to death having not got its end up. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Um, similarly, by how the way, how strange! How often do you think this happens? That an ox straddles a man and tries to bum him. Well. Yeah, I was thinking this, because also the law goes on to say that if a pig spring upon a man for intercourse, there is no punishment. <laughs> so, Jesus Christ. So pigs are allowed to shag people, but oxen aren't. I mean, firstly, in what situation are you going to let yourself be shagged <laughs> or jumped by a pig? Whoops, no. slip, slipped over whilst cleaning the styes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I slipped over and he stuck it right up me. <laughs> I couldn't do anything about it. I was on Tinder. I was on Tinder. And I agreed to meet this pig. <laughs> and he turned up with roses and a bottle of wine. And I, and I couldn't say no. Before you knew it, I was being bored senseless by a pig in the yeah. sky, face pressed up against the mud. Oh, oh. This is, it's awful, isn't it? It's really awful. But clearly they felt the need to legislate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So clearly took place. Yeah. I mean, my my final thought on this is that it's quite good that if you get jumped by an ox you don't get killed but i imagine you're probably having a pretty bad day already yeah <laughs> having a 900 yeah. kilogram cow jump on your back you're probably not going to walk away from that Whoa. this is the final part of law 199 and this is the, the bit i'm going to finish on because it's getting a bit grim but it's quite funny the final part of this law on bestiality states tom and bear in mind this is lumped in with shagging donkeys and pigs if any <laughs> man have intercourse with a foreign woman <laughs> Right. There is no punishment. <laughs> so, so you're implying that foreign women are are lumped in with animals. Lumped in with that with pigs, horses, donkeys. <laughs> Sexist and racist. Excellent. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Pigs, horses, mules, and Frenchies. All animals you are absolutely a okay to have sex with. <laughs> How beca- that uh, you yes you quite commonly do this to me, Sam. You come up with some historical source that just baffles me and is so stupid yep. I don't feel like I can contribute much stupidity <laughs> and that and you're that and you're fighting to stay awake 
But yes, there we go, Tom. That is the Nesselim Law Code and its bizarre attitude to murder and bestiality. That is fucking odd. Very, very, very odd. Right, well, we should probably leave it there, shouldn't we? Should we think of a topic for next week? Did we have any on the back burner that we'd thought up? There were, there were a couple. I did have an idea, though. I did have an idea. What's because that? by the time this episode goes out, it's coming up to Christmas. There's pantomimes. Yep. There's all kinds of great shows on. So I was thinking we should do shows. Okay, so shows, theatre, stage yeah, shows. Yeah, absolutely. Like okay, ancient theatre, yeah. modern stage shows, shows that have gone wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that wink, is a wink, good nudge, idea. nudge. <laughs> yep. Magicians getting eaten by their stage Tigers. Pandas. Yes. Yep, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so should we do shows? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's going to be a bit of a goldmine. German mulleted magicians getting fucked by pigs on stage. Yes. Absolutely <laughs> legal. <laughs> yes. This In ancient excellent. Turkey. <laughs> yes. Oh, brilliant. Let's do, let's do shows then. Fantastic. Well, thank you all so much for tuning into this episode. I hope we haven't put you off too much. Remember, if you have any questions for us, personal questions, historical questions, theological, philosophical questions, or you want a recipe... Scatological, eschatological, <laughs> biological. If the head gasket's going on your 1989 Honda Accord, do let us know. <laughs> if anyone wants to know how I make a roast dinner, ask about that. If you don't want to know, don't ask. So you can ask us wherever you like. Uh, we will track down your questions, pull them together, and we'll do a special episode just before or around Christmas time. You can let us know on Twitter. That underscore was underscore genius. On Facebook, that was genius podcast. On Instagram, at that was genius uh, you can email us that was geniuscast at gmail.com or you can leave a comment on your podcasting app of choice right I'm going to let you go to bed Tom say goodnight I am shattered <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> Good night. night everyone bye <laughs>